0: Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast by Penn State fans for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, joined as always by my co-host and wingman, Vince. And Penn State is 5-0 after their 41-13 victory over the Northwestern Wildcats. And Vince, I just want to start out by saying that uh, I personally think it's a good thing that we are doing this recording later at night as opposed to right after the game because I swear I would be a lot sassier than I am right now if we did this right after the game because – even though right now, the only metrics that truly matter are wins and losses. Um, there was a lot to not like about this game. So I think we're both going to have a lot of things to say about uh, some of the struggles that Penn State had in Evanston because, man, did did uh, were there some underwhelming moments in this game?
0: Yeah. And if you're just kind of tuning into the pod and, and you looked at the score but didn't get a chance to catch the game, 41-13, you're like, oh, big win. Um it was not always the case. Uh the points we got today were very difficult to come by. Uh very slow day for the offense. Uh this is probably the worst we've seen Drew look all season. Um just um, seemed like there was a lot of miscommunications. Um there was that, there was that one play to Keandre Lambert where uh it looked like he was sitting in the jo- in the zone and um Drew thought he was going to keep on running. There're yeah, just some like kind of small miscommunications. You saw some, you know, undisciplined penalties, uh, kind of like the Illinois game with the, you know, false starts and uh, neutral zone infractions. So, uh, very sloppy game. Uh, Penn State started off that way and it, it was almost a precursor to the day. Uh, Nick Singleton had the first turnover of the season by fumbling the kick return and uh thankfully, we had one phase that showed up today and really balled out and that was the defense uh for a lot of the game they held northwestern to negative yards of defense they held them to a field goal early um to really stop things from getting out of hand and uh only gave up that one touchdown uh on the drive and you know they really should have stopped them on that third and sixteen but you know northwestern found found a way they got good you know scholarship players too so you know they're gonna make some plays but all in all, uh, you know, very tough game on special teams
1: and very tough game, uh, for the offense today. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot to get into with all that. And, um, like you said, I mean, it's a damn good thing that the defense came to play today because similar to the Illinois game, this game could look very different if they didn't play the way that they did. And you know, what, what's kind of, disappointing to say is that things were even far from perfect for their standards too, because we saw some piss poor displays of tackling at times, which, you know, I I feel like we're just like repeating the Illinois post game pod again, because it's like, dude, tackle drills, tackle drills, tackle drills, just like hit those hard over these next two weeks. Because like, I would say the defensive line was fine. The linebackers were okay, but my God, can the cornerbacks do better at tackling like so many missed tackles by the corner. So that that was really disappointing. And on those on those long third down conversions, I mean, you know, it's like you kind of take those sometimes like as a defense, I feel like because they they did like an all out blitz. They had, you know, all the corners just kind of running with their with their man uh, and they have to like stay with them on the route. So there's like nobody there. So they just need they just need a little bit more to like get that that rush home. But yeah, on the offense, I mean, I'm. I don't want to like say anything too like definitive about like the team overall in this season and stuff because we're we're only halfway through this thing and there's a lot of football left to be played and if last year is any indication, like things can change rather quickly towards the tail end of a season. So I'm not going to say anything like this unit is good or this unit is bad. I'm going to kind of take it game by game. But today, in my opinion, the offensive line was bad. Like there, there's a lot that was left to be desired here. They were. I would, in my opinion, just like, okay, in pass protection, like they did a pretty good job at times, but then there were also times where Northwestern was getting, uh, some good pressure on the quarterback with four and even three man rushes, which it's like, if you have that kind of numbers advantage and if you're, this is supposed to be like a quote unquote good offensive line, like that shouldn't be happening. Um, they got to figure out that right tackle situation out in my opinion, like pretty quickly because you know, always going to have the left side locked down, but then you have, uh, drew and Caden at times kind of giving up, uh, that pressure on the right side. And like one of them even got home to, um, nearly strip sack, uh, drew. In fact, I mean, they got the ball out and Penn state was lucky to get back on top of that, but they need to figure that out. Um, but then they were dreadful in run blocking. Like there was nothing doing, um, as far as getting a push from the offensive line and, you know, one thing that um, I actually really enjoyed Jake, Butt on uh, the call today on the broadcast, I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. But one yeah, thing man. that he yeah, exactly. Uh, so one thing that he said that really kind of stood out was like the first point of contact for so many runs by Penn State, like rushing attempts was happening like almost right at the line of scrimmage or within one yard. Like there was no push, there was no opening. And like, to be honest, at times I kind of felt bad for Nick Singleton because like the guy's just out there trying to turn himself into a human battering ram just to get as much yardage and as many inches of field as he could with little to no help. So, you know, I think that like this, this is all kind of coming full circle with, you know, Penn State um, trying to establish their identity as like this physical run first, time of possession, heavy offense and stuff like that. But if you're going to try and like establish this sort of thing, these are the types of things that you need to be able to do consistently, especially against a team that statistically is not very good in Northwestern. Like regard like remove the motivation factor and the fact that like they're coming off the whiteout, like they're playing an 11 a.m. local start time uh, against a, you know, a team that's not very threatening in your conference, like whatever. Even with those factors, if this team is going to get to the place where they need to go, in my mind, they should still be able to like do these things against Northwestern. So that was a little disappointing for me um just because like it you know it's it starting to become a kind of a trend now where these explosive runs aren't happening and there's a there's a pretty telling um, stat nugget that sticks out here. Vince, do you know what the longest run of the season is for Penn State? A little trivia question here.
0: Trivia question. Um,
1: yep. Longest. I'll,
0: run. I'll say uh, 19
1: yards. The longest run of the season so far is 21 yards by Bo Perbula against Illinois. The longest run of a run first offense is by the backup quarterback. Like that should not be happening. Like these running backs are too good Um, that, you know, they should be getting these creases and these openings to make these plays. Like we've seen them do it time and time again. So like, in my opinion, the offensive line needs to get better in a hurry because, like, and again, th- everything is up and down, take it game by game, whatever. Like, I don't expect that we'll see this same level of performance, motivation, whatever, against Ohio State and Michigan. But this level of offensive efficiency is not going to fly. Like, You cannot expect your defense to shut down those offenses as many times as they did against Illinois and now again against Northwestern to give you all this field position for you to just piss it away. Like they need to like get this sorted out. And, you know, so like I said, game by game sort of deal. But, um, you know, that that to me was just kind of like the biggest thing where I'm just like, you know, why can we not get any push? That was that was the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah, that was definitely the the biggest disappointment of the day for me was just the inability to run the football against the the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten. Um, If we're not doing that against if we're acting anything like that against like, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, we're, we're going to get our, our teeth kicked in. Like that was really a poor performance today. And like you said, there's a lot of pressure uh, coming from that right side. Um, if I, if I had say, I, I think Drew Shelton, I would give the edge to starting at right tackle. Um, but yeah, today was a, a really rough day overall. So, um, you know, I wasn't super concerned early, but when it kind of went on into the second quarter, and we still were not, you know, moving the ball up the field and getting touchdowns, uh, it was just a high level of concern. And even today, um, the defense gifted them with a couple of short fields. Uh, they they stopped a quarterback sneak on a fourth and in inches, which everyone's complaining about. Oh, the tush push, whatever. It's too yeah. easy. Well, Penn State showed you how to how to do that there because you, you get your defensive line get a little penetration your, yep. your linebacker jumps in the air and then you do a touch push with uh you know your safety uh or a defensive back you know driving into the pile it's just you know force equals mass times acceleration so you got to be <laughs> quicking on it and penn state was that was a really the, the big turning point in the game otherwise things could have got kind of out of hand and then you get, start to get your players in, in panic mode. And that's not where you want to be on the road with the young quarterback. So, uh, you know, big play by the defense, but again, sell for a field goal. After that, um, they ran the, uh, fake punt on a fourth and four in their own territory. I thought they were going to convert it. Uh, thankfully Zion Tracy, uh, was able to shut his block and make a tackle just a yard short of the line of gain. Otherwise, um, if that Northwestern guy was able to hold on to that block, uh, we would have been in trouble and they would have been moving up, up the field. And at that point in the game, I think we were only up 1710. Uh, so that was a, another big play and then another short field and really just Penn state struggled, especially in the red zone. You're seeing this team struggle a lot and it's starting to really become a theme and it's not, not a good theme to have. You got to score touchdowns in the red zone, especially with, Ohio state on the horizon. So it really seems the only thing that's working is the quarterback sneak with drew, but at the same time, you don't want drew aller, uh, just getting drilled, uh, 10 plus times a game. So we got to figure out other things to do. Um, also really hurt on the injury front today, losing, losing, uh, JB Nelson at guard, mm-hmm. uh, that didn't help. And then, uh, seeing Catron Allen, one of our star running backs, um, you know, on the sideline, not playing in the second half with an injury. Uh that was tough. Um I thought Trey Potts, uh, you know, taking his reps, uh, I think he was kind of one of the the bright spots of the day. He had that nice, uh, what was it, 20 or uh 13 yard touchdown run. So that that was a really great play. Uh, you know, breaking through the defender. Uh that was awesome. And really what we needed, um, with nothing going in the first half just to get us to, you know, even at the half. That was uh, really important point in the game uh Keandre Lambert had had some nice plays today. um Nick was really involved in the the receiving game, and I thought that was a really good play call when uh they kind of faked the sneak and then had him running into the flat. I thought that was a really nice play call and really utilizing his speed um because their northwestern was tough and physical, but they weren't fast enough to get that play, so those were a couple of things like I liked but uh all in all, it's just very messy, uh, out of rhythm. And you know, I, I understand it. it is tough with an eleven a.m. road start, you're in an unfamiliar place, you're used to your your routine and being in Happy Valley and being in Beaver Stadium. But when we're playing Ohio State, that's most likely gonna be a big noon kickoff. So they better I don't know if they got to wake up earlier or go to bed earlier, like <laughs> what it is, not eat Chick-fil-A on the, on the plane ride there, like whatever it is, they, they got to try something different and and figure it out. And that way they're ready for the, these early, early starts because, um, you know, night games, they've been great this year. And, uh, it seems like the earlier
1: the game is the, the worst
0: the performance.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And you know, it's like, I, I, it's hard to, kind of pinpoint like where the blame may lie in that it could just be like a mentality thing because they're going into the buy. They just came off of like night game whiteout, like whatever the case may be. So it's almost like you have one foot kind of in that off week already. But like on the, on the topic of like the early starts it's, I mean, all you have to do is look elsewhere for other games to realize that that should never be an excuse because USC Colorado put up like a, a billion points in their game and their game started uh, locally and, an hour earlier than than ours did so you know that that really is just like no excuse um yeah the some of the some of the play calling inside the five too, i thought was just like baffling because i mean early on it's like we were trying to go with the t and stuff like that uh but then i thought we got way (laughs) way too happy with the uh the push sneak like when we when we start running that from the three and we're like we up to that point could only like barely muster a yard with that play. That's when I'm like like what like what the hell are we doing? Like we at this point we are just ramming our head against the wall to like try and like make something work because like it just it just wasn't doing. And um you know when when they finally decided to switch gears, which I don't understand why it took as long as it did. I mean, granted, it's like I get, you know, maybe you want to establish these things. But once they started running to the outside and let Nick Singleton be fast, like he is fast, mm-hmm. then things started working great because those guys aren't as fast as him. He can like turn the corner a couple of times. He's gonna get like, you know, 11 12 yards on, you know, a good chunk of those plays. So like, why not do it more often? But instead, we're like running these counters between the tackles and Nick is like having to like try and phase through defensive linemen and stuff. It it was just it was just maddening. And also, like, I'm still not a big fan of designed QB runs for for Drew. Like I mean he he can take a hit sure but like why get him hit any more than than he needs to it's like if a play breaks down and he needs to like try and pick something up with his legs that's fine but like why are we running like a QB sweep like i i don't i don't love that but um uh yeah on the on the positive side though i do like i'm you know kind of showering praise on on Nick i mean he was uh, our leading rusher by far because of um what happened with Ktron uh which we're still not and probably won't get like a ton of clarity on, um, from what I saw. I mean, I don't know if you saw it on TV, but it kind of almost looked like maybe it was something like with his ribs or something, because he was jogging on the sideline, like to the locker room at the end kind of looked like maybe he was like touching towards his midsection or something. So, um, hopefully it's not like a broken rib or anything like that. I mean, like I said, we probably won't know the details, but Nick, you know, kind of took up the bell, uh, bell cow role at running back. Um, rushed over 20 times uh, was our leading receiver as well so the guy really just kind of became mr do it do it all for our offense um so that was cool to see um yeah i mean other than that it's kind of hard to find like too many like bright spots on offense sadly enough um uh keandre still definitely showed like why he's like number one receiver on this team he he can do some special things like when you get the ball to him in space um uh yeah, and like you said, Trey Potts uh really, really delivered with his limited reps. Um uh switching over to the defense though, something I really love. Um I'm becoming a huge, huge KJ Winston fan uh at safety. That dude yes. can ball, and he like he has a he has a nose for the football and he loves to hit people. Like I'm starting to see some shades of Jair Brown in that dude, and that makes me very happy.
0: Yeah, and that's good because um that's a culture that you want to establish and you always want to have a mentor and you want that all that knowledge to be passed down on the next person. So, um, really good thing. I think you're seeing that really at all the positions on the defense, uh, you know, Dominic DeLuca learning from Jonathan Sutherland and someone else before him and so on and so forth. Um, but I'm going I'm in agreement with you with the offense, uh, in kind of disbelief that the offensive line didn't do better today. I, I know Northwestern had a pretty good game plan and they played discipline and, and they were physical. Um, but, you know, that was a big surprise. Then also uh, something that kind of baffled me, uh, you know, was having that uh, those designed runs for Drew on the, the last drive of the game. we were up by two touchdowns at that point. There was maybe like five minutes left and you just saw Northwestern, Uh, get Ben Bryan hurt because he got like killed because they faked QB sneak. And yeah, uh, Zane Durant was just unblocked and clobbered him. He probably broke a collarbone. I think Uh, so too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like a very common cycling injury and that's how those guys go down usually. But like when you have like a 300 pound guy on you, like it's pretty much the equivalent to like those crashes at like 30 miles an hour. Like it's, that's a, that's a, a tough hit. So like, you know, we just saw them put their quarterback in a bad position. And now we're kind of doing the same thing. And why do that against this caliber opponent with that amount of time left? And, you know, the, you know, you know, Northwestern hasn't been putting up points on your defense all day. And yeah. And they have their backup quarterback in like, what are you scared of? Um, protect your guys, keep them safe. Um, I was really disappointed that we weren't able to get Nick and Catron off the field earlier. Um, if we perform better earlier, maybe Catron doesn't have an injury. I mean, he probably still does, but you know, hypothetically, maybe he doesn't get hurt. And you know, that's why it's important to be disciplined. Like, and also like at the end of the game, like I know it was like defensive players, but when coach was giving like the interview and the players were doing like, Oh, like the bunny ear things and like the wet willy, like being silly. I'm like, you guys like almost lost to like one of the worst teams in the Big 10. Like that was an ugly performance. Like if I was coach Franklin, I would not be in the mood for uh you know all the silliness after you know a lot of uh areas to be improved. Now 5 and 0, that that's great and everything and they're one and zero for the week, but um you know I I know when I have an athletic performance like if I'm not hitting like a personal best or close to my personal best, like I'm, I'm freaking pissed. Like, so I don't know that I don't think the vibe should be as like happy go lucky. Like, Oh, here we are. Um, cause you know,
1: we, we really did not perform to, to our ability today. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, yeah, some other, uh, you know, positive stuff though. Uh, I think, uh, you know, just, just so that we're not all like all doom and gloom on this podcast. Um, Riley Thompson, I thought was, uh, you know, pretty okay. He, he actually did a hell of a job pulling that one high snap down for Falcons. Like, what was it? Like a 47 yard field goal. Falcons is looking really solid. Um, he is a bright, bright spot on special teams. How in the heck do you get a delay of game on like a, a half opening kickoff though? (laughs) Like what the hell was that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, mean, I didn't know that it was possible. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, you think you'd have your play ready. You had like, you know, 20 minutes to think about it. It's so. a kickoff. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's that's all it is. And so, I mean, it, would, it was just like a like a strange game, like strange vibes and uh, stuff like that. Um, Chop looked great. Tonight into Sutton was all over the place. Um, he had some good stuff because I and Zane Durant um, I'm feeling a lot better at defensive tackle uh, Mm -hmm. at this point than I was like, maybe say like week three against uh, against Illinois. Like I thought those guys uh, are really starting to show up, which is, which is great. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, let's see what else. I mean, I just, I I just like kind of had a stream of consciousness in my notes (laughs) as the game was going Mm -hmm. on. And most of this is just like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that was awesome. Um, pretty sure we matched Rutgers uh, sack total for the game with five. We, we got the six. Oh, we did? oh mm-hmm. great. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. Can't be. Unless can't I'm be wrong. Uh, oh, it
0: says seven, actually.
1: Sweet. All right. We'll take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, this is. It's so hard to like, kind of pin down what, uh, like could be the reason, like you know, for an a, like a sloppy performance and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's gonna go overlooked. Um, they have now two weeks to kind of sort these things out, get better, get healthy, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, a um, couple of other
0: things I saw. I saw Dante okay. Smith get some more targets, so I thought that was good because he was kind of hyped coming into uh to camp so i thought that was good that he was getting some more targets um and another thing that kind of made me laugh i was watching the uh like the unrivaled like post-game presser and deon barnes the 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 defensive line coach is coming out and it was so funny because like he was uh he was being asked about like you know the the front seven and the defensive line all those like tackles for losses and sacks and he was talking about that a little bit and he's like oh yeah that's what we expect every single week like the standard is the standard and then he like kept getting asked like all these different questions and he like he'd be like oh again the standard is the standard like <laughs> and he just like kept answering the, like he could have asked him like how do you like this coffee and he's like the standard is the standard like
1: <laughs> it was I'm it was just here so-, so I won't get fined.
0: Yeah, right. That was like, it was kind of like that. So that was really funny. Um, And hopefully, you know, the the defensive line, you know, holds up with that. And and the standard is the standard. But the the offense, they need to find that standard because they will not be playing low scoring teams for much longer. Like we really haven't played an offensive juggernaut yet
1: or a team that really plays offense in general. Like most Uh, of the teams. Are you forgetting the offensive juggernaut? That is Iowa. I mean come on man, put put some respect on their name.
0: Yeah, gotta watch out for those hawkeyes. You know, that <laughs> yeah. That deep punt offense is is dangerous. <laughs>
1: deep punt offense.
0: <laughs> no, they uh in the I guess in the words of uh Narduzzi he probably would say like they have a zero word offense or zero something. Zero word yeah. <laughs> yeah. A no word offense. <laughs>
1: or their one words punt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a one word offense, and that word is punt. <laughs> yeah. But We've anyway, like, code. yeah,
0: when you're looking at uh, these performances like Delaware, not going to score a lot of points, uh, West Virginia. Oh, they can't throw the ball. You have uh, Illinois. Lost Turn the ball over. Five times. The time of the video. Yeah. The defense had to force five turnovers and give them very favorable field position to really get to those 30 points. Like I know that's like the big stat, like Penn state has like the longest streak of having like, uh, 12 games with over 30 points and they have eight games they've won by at least two touchdowns and they have, uh, 32 consecutive score quarters they've scored in. So I think we need to give a lot of the credit to the defense though. Cause the defense has been really just putting them in positions to like, kind of keep that streak going. And then, yeah. you know, Iowa, um, yeah. Defense is going to have no problem stopping them today. Defense did a good job, but like, you know, we got it. We got to find ways to score. Um, cause not every offense is going to be as easy as like West Virginia's defense. Um, not every game is going to be in Beaver stadium and you're not going to get that help against Iowa's defense. Like you're going to be going into the shoe. It's going to be very loud and you got to perform and, and be ready and your offensive line can't get you like I don't know, three yards a carrier, whatever it was today. It was, it was abysmal. Um, yeah, so it was just ugly day. I was really hoping it would be like a 300 yard rushing performance and, for a long time they they didn't have above 300 yards of total offense so yeah uh really really tough day i hope they get it turned around i hope the defense keeps playing at a high level cuz like when the defense is not going to hold ohio state to 13
1: points like when that yeah and that's my point it's like you can't have this kind of stalling just you know inconsistent offense and expect to win against ohio state because it's like not only are you not going to score points like our defense as awesome as it is right now, like they're not going to be able to contain those offenses forever. Like, like Marvin Harrison jr. Is not going to be contained for 60 minutes of football. JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum are not going to be contained for 60 minutes of football. Like the offense needs to kind of pick up their slack here and they can't, you know, rely on the defense to just create as much havoc and give them as favorable field positions as often as they were in the first half of the season.
0: Yeah. And like, honestly, like this performance is even make me concerned about Maryland. Like you have Talia Tucker It seems like he has some talent around him this year. Maryland's undefeated uh, at the moment. So it's just, it's like, man, like we're we're seriously talking about Maryland being a threat here because the offense uh, can't get their act together.
1: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And it's like, we're almost halfway through the regular season. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, look at, look at our sample size right now. You know, the two games that we have kind of marked as being like, you know, kind of the worrisome games so far are both away. And, you know, granted, not like all the, all the rest of these games um, are not going to have like, you know, 11 AM start times or whatever, but you're still going to be on the road. Like not only at, like you, like you just said uh, at Maryland, but at, at the shoe and everything like that, like you gotta figure out how to like bring this Beaver Stadium offense on the road, man. So that's uh, you know, I, I I would say that like the biggest thing I'm looking for in two weeks' time is just like the highest level of execution possible, um, and just kind of show that you know you're not gonna like exert all of your juice in the game against UMass. You're just sh- kind of priming yourself to really show out when you're at Ohio state. Cause I mean, obviously that's when it matters and like all the players tend to kind of like level up a notch when they play Ohio state. I mean, we saw it last Mm -hmm. year, like our guys were like flying around and I mean, granted, I mean, Ohio state pulled away in the end with uh, just some Herculean efforts by certain players, but like those guys, I mean, obviously care about that game. So I just want to see like clean execution with little mistakes. Everybody just doing their job. And I don't think that that is too much to ask for.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we have an advantage heading into this Ohio state matchup. You know, if we take care of business, like um, uh, if you look at UMass, they give up a lot of points. Their defense is not very good. Um, So we have a really good chance to really get our players some rest. Um, I wouldn't even consider playing Kate, Ron Allen against UMass. Um, No matter what the injury is, I just, I want to get him healthy. I really want to limit like Nick's touches. Like, I think it would be good if they held him to like ten to fifteen rushes, and then you know got Trey Potsmore carries, and you know maybe even like Cam Wallace. That's a game they could use him one of his like three or four games that, and he can still maintain his uh, red shirt or Montgomery. I think that's just what they need to do. Uh, get get these guys healthy because you're gonna need a better effort. You know, then we saw the day against Ohio State. So uh, I think if they can do those things, rest up, and then you have Ohio State, they have two big time games. They got uh, home against Maryland and then away at Purdue. So that's an advantage we have. And if if we can't take advantage of that, uh, you know, it could really bite us because Michigan uh, is going to be a really uh, tough ask, especially with playing uh, Maryland,
1: I think, the week before yeah absolutely so you know i think um i think the mentality just has to be that like all right we've kind of taken care of our business here in the first five games like we are five and oh like we have expected ourselves to be and have prepared to be we're going into the bye like we're relatively healthy you know we don't have like these season-ending debilitating injuries which i mean uh you know, we, we would we would have known if like that was the case with like J.B. Nelson or with Ktron, uh, but that wasn't announced. So, you know, kind of seems like maybe this will be like a week by week thing. Uh, but, you know, now now it's game time. Like in the first half of the season, uh, you know, th- that was the primer. Now, now it's re- Now it's time to get ready for battle. <laughs> like, you know, these are the games that you prepared all offseason for. These are the games that you had circled on your calendar during uh, during training camp. And stuff. And so now now it's time to put up or shut up. Um and uh yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see too how the offense uh potentially kind of evolves over this like bi-week period because I mean, like we've kind of teased at before, I think there are pages of this offense that we haven't seen yet, especially with the downfield passing attack, because it's like I, I thought it was like a breath of fresh air when they finally let drew throw a ball like more than like 10 yards down the field i was just like oh finally like <laughs> we're gonna they're gonna like try and let him at least use his cannon arm to like get a ball downfield and did you did you see that one photographer just like get absolutely leveled well a couple of yeah. them did but the first one that that guy first of all um i believe his, his name is joe hermit he's a he's a photographer for Penn live uh, absolutely awesome guy in terms of like the, the photographs that he takes. So he's very well known. That dude just popped right up and like got back to work, man. He was a warrior.
0: Yeah. Got to give props to those guys. They're not even wearing like pads or helmets. Like I know <laughs> just bounce back up. No big deal. So
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, You got anything else or players of the game time?
0: Yeah, I think it's time for players of the
1: game. Uh, Who earned the bird brawler for you? Yeah. So I'm going back to a guy that I've mentioned several times now over the past half hour, and that's Nick Singleton. Um, It wasn't flashy. It wasn't pretty. It was 100% gritty. And all the guy did was just get every ounce of yardage that he could and do everything that that he could do to help his team win, whether that be running into a wall of defenders or trying to you know shake off um a tackler on the outside after after catching one out of the flat but that that guy just like kept plugging away and uh, you know got a couple of touchdowns to show for it uh really got involved in the passing game which was which was neat you know i think um you know getting the running backs more involved passing wise is uh is going to be a fun wrinkle uh for the for the rest of the season so that was really uh cool to see i thought that there were there were some clever play designs in there where the uh where the running back went to the outside. I mean, we saw that with, uh, with his, uh, touchdown catch. So, uh, I got to give the bird brawler to Nick Singleton, uh, just because he was, he was a warrior today. You know, he got, he got hit, hit, hit and hit some more and he just kept going.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. After he, you know, had the fumble early on, he had a really nice game. I thought, and kind of made the best of the situations that he was in. So, um, did a nice job uh, for me, the, the finale fighter. Uh, I think you can almost go like the whole defensive line. Um, oh yeah. You know, Duran and Izzard were, you know, getting a lot of pressure in the middle. Um, you know, you had chop Adisa Isaac was just like putting a lot of pressure on early. I mean, if I had to go with one, I might go with uh deny Dennis Sutton. He had two tackles for loss, a sack. You also had Zane Durant with, you know, three tackles for loss and a sack too. So like those guys were really high. Kobe King had that like big tackle for loss early. And they like, especially in that first quarter, they were just suffocating Northwestern. I think they yep. had like 13 yards of total offense, despite being on the field, like for a pretty long time. So like they did really, really well. And it was probably one of the best performances I've seen. And really the, it's kind of funny because uh, you know, after West Virginia, we're like, oh wow, the offensive line looks so good. And I know the defensive line, like, is having such a hard time, you know, stopping the run. And, and then, you know, the past two weeks, we see the defense play like this, and it's almost like the roles have reversed. And, yeah, I feel like it's we just haven't played a really complete team yet. You know, you have like the Hawkeyes who have a pretty good defense, uh, but not really much offense. And you have like West Virginia who has a, you know, enough running game and a pretty good offensive line to keep their offense moving, but you know, really nothing on the defensive end. So it's uh you know, I feel like they they haven't played that complete team yet. That's really good at both. Like a good good defense and a good offense. So that's gonna be be a challenge. I, I, I am really looking forward to seeing how our defense stacks up against the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Marylands. Um and then I'm also Uh, looking forward to what the best version of our offense looks like uh, because (laughs) we are far
1: from it today oh god yeah i mean we we have nowhere near seen like uh like the best because i mean that that's what i mean man like i i hate i don't want to like be you know kind of blanket statementy about like any one group's performance in a single game because like this is penn state football like you're going to see up and down performances over the course of a season. And even during the course of a game. So like we saw the offensive line, like have their down moments last year, but then really rise to the occasion towards the tail end of last year. And I'm hoping that we're going to see kind of a repeat of, of the same, like we know that these guys are talented. I mean, they're like their pedigree speaks for itself. Um, They have one of the best coaches in terms of his like history and his experience coaching them and t- like kind of, just laying it all out there for him. Like, so, you know, I don't know like what other tiny little gear needs to click into place for this thing to like really get churning, but it's like, you can see the potential there. Like you can see that, like if they start getting this, like a little bit of a push, just open up a small crease of daylight, like what that can mean. And like the domino effect that it can have on the rest of the offense and their ability to like incorporate, like play action and like attack downfield and stuff like that. And drew, you know, just being able to be like that, that chess master out there to make use of all of the weapons that he has available to him. So, you know, I, I think uh, like I'm optimistic, Um, but you know, we just didn't see it today.
0: Yeah. And I, I do think like one, one positive is uh the turnover was on special teams and, and not offense. I mean, not necessarily positive, but like in terms of drew uh, you know, he still hasn't turned the ball over yet. Um, uh, You know, knock on wood, that it'll we'll be able to keep that rolling. So you know that's a positive there, Um, and yeah, they just haven't played their best. So I I think you know it's one of those things where hopefully it comes, and if it doesn't, uh, you know that'll wake them up real quick. But I do think kind of one of the things about Penn State is we seem to play down to our opponents and up to our opponents. We just don't focus on our game and playing our best game and. Um, in terms of like position groups as well, like you're playing different people every single week. Um uh, so that can really dictate how you perform and how you look, you know. Like if you're playing against, you know, Iowa's offense, everyone's gonna be like, Wow, like Penn State's like the best, they're like the 85 Bears. Like nothing can get past them. And then when we play Ohio State, we might be like, Oh, like our, our defense so is so bad, like we gave up 35 points. And even though we won like 38, 35, like our defense is terrible. Like it, it it really depends who you go against. And and that can also impact how you look too.
1: Yeah. 100%. And I mean, that's just been kind of the MO of Penn state football and especially in the James Franklin era. But you know, like even though, even though they're not stress-free, even though like we get frustrated at times, Penn state is still undefeated. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take what we can get here. I mean, I, I, you know, what I was thinking about the other day is, uh, just thinking about like just over 10 years ago when, you know, when Bill O'Brien was in town and we like, realistically, we were shooting for like eight and four and seven and five seasons. And, you know, just looking at, where we are now and thinking about like this season and what's possible and what's in front of this team. It's basically at the point now, like where if we get 10 wins out of this season in the regular season, we'll almost be disappointed. So I think Mm -hmm. that's like a great like measuring stick to kind of see just like how far things have come and like how good we like actually have. And even though, like I said, I mean, even though it might be a little gritty at times, like things are still pretty good.
0: Yep. Yeah. the, The sky is not falling yet
1: that's right <laughs> uh go ahead but,
0: but anyway a uh, lot of good football games uh any other games that really excited you
1: dude I mean USC Colorado that that turned into a barn burner like it did I'm I'm like I think that Caleb Williams is like by far the best player in college football uh so far this season I mean I think they would be a train wreck without him like if, if you put most other quarterbacks, like there's only like a handful of other quarterbacks in the country that I think you could transplant into Caleb Williams role and like still have the level of success that USC is having. But man, that defense is going to cost them in a big way at some point in the season. And I think right now, if I had to put like USC against Oregon, I'd probably pretty confidently take Oregon. Like I yeah. think Oregon's like a more complete team. Um, You know, I, I just, you can't like, you can't give up like 40 some points the way that they did like 20 unanswered points, like at the end of the game. And I mean, like th- you won the game great, but like you almost, you, you almost lost to like, w- what were, what were they like a 24 point favorite or something like that? Yep. But, but I mean, regardless, I mean, that was, that was just like an offensive like showcase. Cause I mean, like uh Caleb had six, Shador had five, like, and I think one on the ground or something like that. So yeah, just, Offense all over the place, man.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of good games. Uh, you had Utah at Oregon State. Uh, the Utes were without Cam Rising. Uh, Oregon State got a nice win there after losing to Washington State, so they won that twenty-one to seven. Kentucky just beat up uh, Florida. Um, they're quietly, you know, going to five and zero, and no one's really talked about them. So I think that's another kind of interesting matchup. Uh, you know, Texas really beat up Kansas, Michigan beat up Nebraska. Uh, Georgia was interesting. Uh, Georgia Auburn saw a familiar face in Peyton Thorne, uh, Michigan state. Thankfully we don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, you know, he's been a thorn in our side, pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, he almost was able to lead the, that comeback. Um, you know, Oregon was rolling, uh, man, that Mississippi game. That was, that was wild. Mississippi LSU. Um, Ole Miss score was down by nine, and then they came back, got a touchdown. Defense was able to make LSU punt after a couple first downs. Then, you know, less than a minute ago, they they do that thing where they score a touchdown instead of like taking a knee and kicking the field goal. And you know, they're up six instead of seven. So LSU had a big opportunity to come up the field, and um, you know, Jaden Daniels is man, that guy's cool, calm and collected. He threw like a perfect pass, a jump ball for his receiver and right in the hands, you know, the worst place possible. Right. And, um, couldn't, I mean, that's a tough catch though, because you know, there's people hitting you as you're trying to catch the ball, but, um, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, Ole Miss was able to hold on after a bit of a controversial, um, last touchdown for LSU as well. So, you know, that's a, you know, I think lsu's you know, legit. Like people are like hate, hating on them because they got beat up by Florida State week one. But again, that was week one. And I think they're with their talent, they're kind of starting to catch it up in terms of performance and, and game planning. And they're playing the game they want to play. So that one was interesting. And then as we're recording right now, um, this is a little while. So after being down 13 0, uh Duke is now up 14 13. And with the ball, I believe, with Oh, no. Notre Dame has the ball now just updated. So Notre Dame has the ball at the 16 with uh, 229 left on the clock. Duke's up 1413. What are your thoughts on that game? Who's winning that one?
1: I mean, this is kind of crazy. Uh, now we've got third and long. Um, I, I'll i tell you what, man, like this place is going to erupt. If Duke uh, guts, this win out, you know, with being like the first time to have College game day, nighttime, primetime atmosphere. Like this this is wild. Uh so I, I think like with the momentum, I, I like Duke right now. Um I don't know. Th- this next this next play is gonna determine a lot because if they if they convert this like with a solid, like all right. Uh let's see. Yep, that's exactly what I was afraid of. <laughs> like a nice <laughs> solid, like twenty yard completion, just cool to you know, move the sticks and stuff. But yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, going back to um Ole Miss and LSU, I mean, like we talked about Colorado and USC, but I mean, what another like offensive masterclass. I mean, maybe, maybe the defense was a little lacking, but whatever. <laughs> I, we're talking over 1,300 yards of total offense uh, in that game combined. Like you just don't see that kind of stuff. So it's like you can think whatever you want, say whatever you want about like, you know, the lack of defensive effort, but th- those are just entertaining games to watch, man. Like sometimes it's just fun to just watch a boat race.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's kind of one of those things where good offense beats good defense most of the time. So like if you throw like a over the shoulder fade, like even if the corner has perfect coverage, if you make the perfect pass, like it's going to go to the wide receiver. So it it is one of those things where good offense beats good defense. So it seems like both offenses just were like a plus days.
1: So, so another game that's happening, uh, right now, um, not a ranked matchup, but, uh, our old guy, Brent pry out at Virginia tech is currently up 35 to 21 over Pittsburgh, uh, with about 11 minutes remaining to go in the fourth quarter. So, uh, Pat Narduzzi. uh, so, Hey, uh, quick, quick little side, hey, note. At least, at least they scored more than six <laughs> points this time. Yeah, exactly. So you got to look on the bright side. What do you think of uh, Pat Narduzzi's candidacy to take over the job at Michigan State? Do you want do you want Nardog back in the Big Ten?
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I I would love beating up on him every year. Like I think it's fun <laughs> when,
1: when these opposing
0: teams have coaches you dislike. Like it's fun when we play Harbaugh. Like he's not as bad as Narduzzi, but like he's just kind of like not super likable. So I'm like, oh, it's it's nice to you know beat up on him uh you know back when it's been a while since we beat up on michigan but it's been a hot minute yeah yeah since the the covid year ironically because i know they they also did bad in the covid year
1: yeah Uh isn't it like freaking crazy to think that like yeah penn state beat michigan in that year and then the very next year michigan was just like oh wait we're good now and then just (laughs) went to the playoff like (laughs) yeah that, that to me is just wild so
0: yeah, but, and uh, almost almost for like Penn State too. Uh, they went to the what bowl did they go to that year after COVID in twenty twenty one? Trying to think. Uh, so the year before the Rose Bowl, which bowl game did we go to? Yeah, oh, no, that was the Outback Bowl, right? Yes. Where we played Arkansas. Oh, okay, never mind. Yep. Never mind. Yep. We got our, our butts whipped in that one. That was like yeah, one that of was- the worst. That was like the worst game of all time. Like no one on the team looked like they even wanted, or they like, they looked like they were there on vacation, to like get a tan on the beach, like and like Arkansas was like, we're here to play football and like, you know, be physical and beat people
1: up, and that's what they did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That that wasn't a fun game.
0: So, uh, so- anything
1: else you want to cover before we uh, head out of here? No, man. Just. Happy to be five and oh, uh, Penn State is by next week. So mm-hmm. we're probably going to be doing some mid season report cards, which is always a fun pod to do. Um, got the Eagles tomorrow. So go birds. Uh, yep. obviously we're both going to be paying attention to that, but yep. otherwise, yeah, man, just, uh, glad to have another wind under our belt.
0: Yeah. Same here. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow I'm, I'm doing a, a bike race in uh Clearfield. It's a five mile time trial so i'm riding my bike up a mountain um and but it's for it's for a good cause uh going to uh habitat for humanity so it like kind of helps like uh dog shelters and stuff so cool well good luck with that yep should be fun uh it's it's at 11 a.m is the race so depending on like when i get to start because they send one person at a time in a time trial and when i finish and How long they take if I get an award, how long they take to get through the awards. Like you never know when you're going to get back, but hopefully I should be able to catch the second
1: half. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, try to be humble when you take home all of the awards, Vince.
0: Oh, I hope so. There's some, there's some really fast guys in our area. And then also like sometimes people travel from like pretty far away for this race. Like it's like random people show up. So. Yeah. You never know it's it really depends who shows up at
1: like endurance races like you just have no idea. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, good luck regardless man. Uh so uh yeah, if anybody, any Jesus, I got to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> um good stuff. So, if any of you want to learn more about our show, hit up nitnyblues.com. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. You can also find a link to our merch store at shop.nitnyblues.com. Uh, We got some really cool designs here for the 2023 season. So go ahead and check those out. Um, Other than that, you can follow us on all forms of social media at Nittany Blues or Nittany Blues Podcast. So Vince, uh, take us home, my man. Yeah. If you
0: enjoy the show, please do a five-star review so other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening. And we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues podcast. We'll see you next time.